When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. show for you guys playing tonight just a few days uh, about three days left till the NFL draft this coming Thursday so guess what we're going to give you our final 2019 first round mock draft here from the NFL mocks podcast we'll be joined by a couple of analysts from our site Jake Shavink and his roommate Nate Williamson uh, we trade off picks one two and three all the way through the first round and give you again our final mock draft uh, of this draft season leading into Thursday. Uh, a little bit of show news before we get into that. Uh, you guys will have shows available for you Friday morning, recapping Thursday's action from the first round. And I'll give you another one Saturday morning, recapping the second and third round. And you already know I'll have one ready for you Sunday. Have a little bit of lazy Sunday listening to the NFL Mocks podcast, recapping the entire draft, try to give you the full, uh, maybe a little grade report uh, for each team, beat the guys to the punch on that, beat the hot take artist uh, to that land uh, and claim it our own. But before we get into that and before we get into our first round mock draft, you know what we got to do. We got to take care of the business. However and wherever you found this podcast, uh, do me a favor, like, rate, subscribe, and review. That's how your boy gets paid. Uh, And because I forgot to do so, with the guys, uh, Jake and Nate, on the first-round mock draft uh, while I'm thinking about it. You guys, man, leave a review there in the review box uh, and leave your question like one of our listeners did here, and let me run to it. Again, we're doing this live, a little bit of ad-libbing right here in the intro. We rarely do this. Uh, but we'll hit uh, Avid Fan one uh, This comment was left in the iTunes review. What do the Falcons do with this draft, and will DQ trade up for Ed Oliver um, I think he's going to have to, uh, even though, spoiler alert, he may not have to in this next mock draft we're about to lay out to you. Uh, so, Avid Fan 1, uh, assuming you're a Falcons fan, stay tuned to this podcast because you're going to be really, really happy, uh, even though we might have flubbed up. Uh, yeah, he, Ed, Dan Quinn might have to trade up, uh, so we'll hit that now. Uh, but that's my fan question review for today. Sorry that was short-sighted. Avid Fan 1, 
typically you guys get your own uh, spotlight there at the end of the show, uh, but we hit it here first. So if you want your question answered in full, unlike Avid Fan wants, uh, leave your question right there in the review. We'll feel free to hit it. But without further ado, let's get into our full first-round mock draft, our final mock draft of the 2019 NFL draft season. We appreciate you guys for listening, uh, and we'll see you next time. Enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special set of guests for you today and as well a very special podcast. Uh, it is Monday night here uh, on the Eastern Coast, almost 11 o'clock, so it's damn near Tuesday morning, uh, but it is draft week. We've got the draft coming up here on Thursday, and I'm joined by two of NFL Mock's best contributors. I've got Jake Savink and Nate Williamson. Boys, how are we doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Excited to get going. Yeah, definitely. All right, and forgive me if I, you know, confuse which one of you guys is talking. Um, you know, we're not best <laughs> friends like you two are, uh, so I might confuse you. Um, but anyways, maybe maybe halfway through we'll figure out what your take styles are like and we'll be able to separate you two uh, from there. Uh, but just for the audience, this is how this is going to work tonight. We will be giving you our last NFL mock, mock draft uh, from us here on the NFL Mocks podcast. Um, so you'll have to just wait around, uh, you know, not until next year. You'll have to wait around a couple weeks because I always got to give you that early 2020 mock draft. Boys, that's what it's all about, right? Got to get in early. Isn't that the way to do it on the NFLmocks.com? Always. All right, so here's how it's going to work for the listener. We're going to trade off. I'll go one. Jake will go two. Nate will go three. And then we'll come back to me at four. Uh, pretty damn simple. We'll roll from there. Are we ready, guys? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, so I will start with the number one pick overall. The Arizona Cardinals been on the clock uh, for quite a while now. Uh, had a pretty bad season this past year. Uh, fired their head coach after a single season. Went and hired the 37 and I believe 43 uh, head coach from Texas Tech in Cliff Kingsbury. And it's been pretty much sewed up here at number one, boys. So I'll be quick and I'll be short. I'll go ahead and take Kyler Murray. Off the board, quarterback out of Oklahoma. And, again, we've pretty much heard this pick uh, basically since day one of the NFL Combine. Jake, I'm curious, Nate as well, uh, kind of give me your take on uh, how we ended up here. I know I was just on a spot over there on a little podcast called The Course is Life. Um, it's a little golf podcast, but they wanted to talk a little NFL draft. And uh, I kind of just, you know, kind of just talked about how crazy it was. If you would have told me 365 days ago, that Kyle Murray would have been the number one pick overall. I would have told you, uh, you're pretty silly, and I would have told you that the <laughs> Oakland Athletics uh, were pretty butthurt about it. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, you know, obviously going out and having, having a Heisman season surely helps, um, but obviously, you know, down the stretch there in about January, February, it was even, you know, kind of up in the air whether he'd choose the NFL or, or the Athletics uh, in baseball. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's been a, a long road, and it's, it's kind of crazy that we're going to have back-to-back uh, Oklahoma quarterbacks uh, first overall. So just just a wild thing, and, um, you know, Lincoln Riley's been doing a heck of a job down there. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty safe to say that Jalen Hurts might buck that trend this year. Um, but, hey, you never know. I'm, you know, if, if there's any money to be put on that uh, money line, Jalen Hurts number one overall next year, I'm pretty sure you could put maybe a dollar or so and win yourself a couple hundred bucks because that's probably be the line at this point. Um, but let's move on to number two. Jake, let's get your pick. Who do the San Francisco 49ers take uh, here at the number two spot, my man? Well, again, like like Arizona, I feel like at least in the last like month, month or so, that I feel like this pick is kind of 
you know, a little, maybe not as set in stone because, you know, we've seen, um, you know, the talent of Quinn Williams, but I think Nick Bosa is going to be the selection here uh, for San Francisco. You know, they've gone um, interior D line the last few, few years with Armstead and with Buckner. So, you know, having somebody off the edge to pair with D Ford is, is going to be huge for them. And especially because D Ford is essentially almost on a one-year deal. So bringing in a guy you're going to have now as a first-round pick here for probably, we assume, five seasons if they pick the option up. So having a centerpiece like Bosa on that defense is, is really going to help it and uh, could really turn things around, especially with uh, Garoppolo coming back for the Niners. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the D4 signing, like you said, a one-year deal, kind of a prove-your-worth kind of deal, about $10.5 maybe $11.5 sunk into that D4 deal there. And then Nick Bosa, you're right. I, to me, man, he's the safest pick uh, in this draft in terms of just, you know, kind of what you're going to get. You know, you're going to get at least uh, a serviceable, if not above average, uh, starter at the defensive end position in Nick Bosa. And uh, John Lynch, you know, he doesn't really have any room left to play with there in San Francisco. He's kind of running out of time uh, to take shots on guys. So I'm good with the safe pick there in Nick Bosa. And to me, he is the best player available total overall in this mm-hmm. draft. I know you can maybe argue Quinn and Williams, like you mentioned. Um, but I like to pick Jake. Nate, let's go to you, the New York Jets. No trades here on the NFL Mox podcast. It's too easy. <laughs> it's too damn easy to say they're going to trade out. So I'm holding your yeah. feet to the fire, Nate, making your pick. Or the New York Jets do at three. The Jets right here are going to go with a position that they've kind of struggled with in recent years, something they haven't had a standout player with in a, maybe the good portion of a decade, and take Josh Allen, the edge from Kentucky. And another kind of like sure pick, we've heard something, we've heard a lot about him, especially recently, and just a monster all year for that Kentucky defense. And kind of another safe pick here, but I really like his fit here with Greg Williams, and I think they could really use him as a destructive weapon going forward as they try and fill some other holes. Yeah, I think you got a really clogged uh, defensive tackle group there in New York. You know, you got Leonard Williams, the former, uh, I think a top five pick, or maybe just outside the top five, definitely a top ten pick there. And Leonard Williams still playing the nose tackle position. Uh, You know, they were playing a lot of 3-4 there in New York. We'll see what they do with Greg Williams. Um, I like to pick in Josh Allen in the sense that, you know, it's a need pick, right? Um, Even if you stay in the 3-5 there in New York, Josh Allen is more than capable of playing in space. He did so uh, majority of his career there at Kentucky. So I like to pick, and that puts me on the clock with the Oakland Raiders at number four. And I've got here on my list, like I do for a lot of these teams, BPA, that's best player available. And lucky me, you guys left me Quinnen Williams on the board. And, man, (laughs) We've heard a lot of news about the Oakland Raiders uh, during this NFL draft prospect or process. You know, they sent their scouts home, and uh, now there's all this rumors about they like Dwayne Haskins. It seems like half the NFL uh, analysts and plugged-in people with a microphone were told that they like Dwayne Haskins at four today, and then the other half of the guys with their phone, uh, you know, the numbers in uh, Mike Mayock's cell phone got that Ed Oliver was the guy at number four. So they're spreading a lot of bull crap there uh, out of the Oakland camp. But to me, it just tells me, again, it's best player available uh, for the Oakland Raiders. And in this situation here in this mock draft, it is Quinnen Williams, the defense tackle out of Alabama. Um, really clean prospect. And believe it or not, I think he's still got a ton of room to grow. Hell, he's still got braces on his teeth. So I'll take Quinnen, uh, <laughs> number four, there with the Oakland Raiders. Jake, that puts you back on the clock. The Tampa Bay Bucks. what are they doing here at pick number five? I feel like we've ironed out a pretty pretty consistent top five so far with uh, this pick I'm about to yeah, make Yeah, we're here. pretty damn chalk. So, uh, <laughs> I someone, think so. I someone mean, go off the wall here, man. Someone spark a yeah, hot take. I think, 
I think Nate's going to get there with the Giants here. I'm sure that's going to get interesting. So, but I think Tampa Bay, we've talked about this. I feel like a lot of people have been calling this the worst-kept secret in the draft. If, if Devin White is there at five, Tampa Bay is probably pulling the trigger. Again, they could, obviously, you know, Ed Oliver's in consideration here with Gerald McCoy's future there up in the air. Well, really, probably not up in the air. He's probably gone at least after the season at the latest. And so, you know, with Quan Alexander out of there, he's now in San Francisco. I think, that, you know, they come in and say, all right, we've got a top-tier linebacker here in this draft. We're going to plug him right in the middle uh, and let him go to work and develop. Um, again, physical, got the speed. He can get sideline to sideline. Uh, instincts, I mean, obviously that grows with time in a defense, so you got to give him time there. But, you know, the athletic tools are there, and, um, you know, he, he's, he's got real, real good potential. Yeah, I'll be honest, it's very rare in the draft process do you get rid or lose an all-pro or a Pro Bowl caliber player uh, to free agency like Quan Alexander and then ultimately draft his replacement next year and feel confident going into the next football season that you actually upgraded at the position, and I truly believe uh, that's what Devin White is over Quan Alexander, and he's damn sure the better tackler uh, in open space. I love the pick there for Tampa, and like you said, uh, Jake, we've talked about it from the very beginning. If Devin White is available here at number five and the Tampa Bay Bucks don't take him, um, they it's just, man, they they got to feel worse about their general manager staff than probably the Giants fans do. That is a professional transition in this podcasting world, boys. That puts the Giants on the clock at number six. What are they doing, Nate? Coming up here, and you know this one has been the talk of the town recently, to say the absolute least about it. Going to take something here that's kind of more personally from my point of view and what I've seen. I know a lot of guys and a lot of people are seeing Daniel Jones with this pick. Personally, Dwayne Haskins is coming off the board for me here for the Giants. The quarterback of the future, I do not see Jones being it. Somebody they can bring up under Eli and hopefully fast because we've seen Eli in recent seasons. They've got a lot of positions to address. A quarterback is going to be one of them. Got to get the head of your team first. Yeah, so we're still all chalk here at number or pick number six. And, you know, Dwayne Haskins is the perfect quarterback uh, for the New York Giants. To me, he's number he's the number one quarterback on my big board um, simply because I'm a play it safe GM. I, I want to know what I'm drafting in my, uh, you know, especially my franchise quarterback. I want to know his absolute floor. And to me, Dwayne Haskins' floor is about like 18 to 19 uh, if you were to rank quarterbacks 1 through 32. I think he basically – you know, bottoms out right there. He could be top 10 one day. You never know. Uh, definitely like the way he processes the game. Um, Dwayne Haskins, not a bad pick there at six. Uh, and you know he's going to have to sit a year, which helps out the New York Giants uh, ownership there in the Mara family. They don't have to push their beloved Eli out so soon. So I like to the pick there Absolutely. at six, um, even though, you know, I'm, I'm all here for the Daniel Jones talk. I, I love the kid. I think, <laughs> I think he's a really good kid. Like, that's all I can say. But you can't be my you, you can't be my number one you know number two quarterback off the board. You can't be a top ten pick with twenty eight hundred passing yards out of Duke. I know his best receiver probably looked like Nate out there, and his his slot receiver probably looked like Jake, and and his offensive line looked a whole lot like me. But God dang man, you got to put up a little bit more numbers um, than twenty four touchdowns to six picks or whatever it was. Um, light it up in college. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you ought to do. I don't care if it's 50-50 uh, run to pass there at Duke. And, uh, you know, we had Nate Leonard, offensive line assistant from or formerly of Duke, but he's no longer there now. And uh, though he's still a, for, uh, a friend of the show, now we can maybe badmouth Daniel Jones a little bit. He's not a first-round player, in my opinion. All that smoke, uh, in my opinion, is coming out of the New York Giants camp. 
uh, maybe to get guys off of that idea that they are, in fact, taking Dwayne Haskins at number six. But that puts me on the clock at number seven. And if we were going to continue this all-chalk mock talk, uh, how about that? That's a heavy, uh, <laughs> a lot of words to say right there, tongue twister, if you will. Um, but I'm going to go off the board here maybe a little bit, not so off the board, but I'll take T.J. Hawkinson tight end out of Iowa. Look, this team needs, uh, you know, offensive line help there, especially at the right tackle position. Um, with Cam Robinson, uh, formerly of Alabama, coming back this year uh, off that torn ACL, I believe it was, uh, in his left knee. So he'll come back at left tackle. They still do need a right tackle, so Juwan Taylor has been the chalk pick here. Um, and for those of you who don't gamble, chalk's the, the straight-up Vegas line, dummies. Um, <laughs> it's the main pick everyone's going with. We're going T.J. Hawkinson here, um, and I've talked long enough. So, Jake, that puts you on the board at eight with the Detroit Lions. What are they doing, my man? Well, I definitely thought about Hawkinson there, but, uh, you know, so that... Go freak yourself. Kind of <laughs> definitely thought about it, but I think uh, I think there's a... You know, the way Matt Patricia wants to build his defense, I think it's going to be a lot uh, like what the Patriots uh, have done in recent years as well. So I think to pair with our friend uh, Trey Flowers, who uh, jumped ship from New England to go to Detroit, we're going to go with Montez Sweat. Mm. And I think... Something to note here, obviously, is the talk that uh, Sweat, you know, had had a medical issue, and I think it has been documented as such. Um, So could we see the fall on draft night? Absolutely. But I think at at like 6'6", I think 252, or something like that, you know, with that length and, and, you know, how strong he is at the point of attack, I think Matt Patricia sees somebody he can mold into a more refined player um, on all three downs. And I think pairing Sweat with um, our boy Trey Flowers out there is – is something Detroit should definitely do. You got to get after the quarterbacks in the NFC North, and uh, you know that's a good start in the right direction for them. Yes, I mean you mentioned the hard thing. I mean this is something. I mean Mississippi State staff was well. I mean they knew about it. So to me, if you're a good scout in this business, if you follow these players, you talk to these college coaches like you damn well better be. Um, you shouldn't. You should have known this about Montez Sweat, and it was it was uh, you know public news there at the combine. We heard about it there. So. It hasn't been a big deal up until about, you know, about, what, a couple days ago, Jake, that this kind of resurfaced. To me, man, you always got to question the uh, the motives of whoever might have leaked this. I think this is a team like maybe the Panthers at 16 or even the That's Titans at 19 that are recycling this story. Uh, to me, man, again, I'll re-hit on it. This is something a good scout should have well uh, known for the last, you know, six months or so Absolutely. leading into this draft process. So I think it's all smokescreen uh, in hopes of one of those teams uh, below these top ten picks for Montez Sweat to fall. But you're right, man. Matt Patricia gets a hell of a player right there at number eight. So that takes us to number nine. Nate, you're on the clock with the Buffalo Bills. What do they do, my man? Well, clean of the day here. The Bills had the worst offensive line in the NFL last year. Now, you can talk about their quarterback as much as you want, 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and a 67.9 pass rating on the season. Got to keep building around him if you really feel he is the future here. Now, this other guy there's been some questions about for this pick. You know, they're kind of talking about, is he a tackle, a guard, a center? Either way, he impressed in his college career. Jonah Williams from Alabama. I've been on his train for a long time here. I love what Nick Saban and co-produced there, titles and players-wise, and I'm going with him. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Jonah Williams' tape. I think he's a little bit of a leaner in the run game, so I question the ability uh, to maybe switch inside to guard. Um, but, you know, playing center is not going to be any problem at the NFL level. He'll be able to handle that definitely physically 
and mentally. And, you know, I don't really question his ability to stick and tackle. Um, I, I know the arm, the arm length might have been a question for some scouts, um, but the tape, at least in the past pro game, uh, it definitely leads to let you uh, believe that he's going to be a starting tackle at the NFL level. Um, I call him a technician, man. He's never uh, in the wrong place in terms of hat and hands uh, in the passing mm-hmm. game in particular. So that puts me on the clock at number 10 with the Denver Broncos, man. And if this were to be the case, if it falls this way, I do believe they'll have to take a, uh, just a long, hard look at Jawan Taylor here. Um, but a guy, you know, it, it is John Elway, right? We all know what he loves. He loves a guy that can flick it. I'm giving him <laughs> yep. Drew Locke here. Um, we've heard about it. Yep. He's been the talk of the town in Denver for quite some time. Um, you know, the, the rumors were that John Elway's been smitten with this pro, uh, prospect throughout the process. And uh, he's, all, he's all arm talent to me. He's all upside um, and, and pretty risky of a talent here. Um, and even with uh, a guy like Devin Bush on the board, I think this is still a good spot for Drew Locke to the Denver Broncos. So I'll give him there and try to be as most right as humanly possible. Uh, Jake, I put you on the board with the Cincinnati Bengals at 11. What are they doing, man? They got tackle needs. They have, you know, maybe quarterback needs, and they damn sure have linebacker needs. What are they doing, my man? All right, so I think uh, with this pick, you know, you mentioned him uh, uh, for Denver, but I think I'm going to go linebacker here uh, with Devin Bush. I think when, you know, you talked about Devin White having juice. I think Devin Bush has just as much juice, and I think, uh, you know, like Devin White, another linebacker that, you know, has the speed, can play in coverage, uh, can get sideline to sideline, get up the field and make plays. Um, again, he excelled at Michigan. You know, somebody, um, I said, would be great in the middle of that defense. And uh, I think, you know, Cincinnati's got to get, you know, better everywhere and get the best player available they can. So I think Devin Bush should be the selection here for Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, you lose the the hard-nosed edge and Vontez perfect. And, man, if you watched any type of Michigan football last year, number 10 was lighting folks up all over the field. I think you get that hard-nosed edge back in Devin Bush. I love the pick there Jake uh Nate that puts you on the clock the Green Bay Packers at 12 what are they doing to help out this Aaron Rodgers led football team I swear (laughs) I was just about to say we're coming in hot on this pick my roommate is a Packers fan so that's going to be an interesting thing to do I might end up running out of the room to hear hard footsteps that's me I can only sprint like 100 yards though so don't worry about it (laughs) I think the Packers stated their intention signing Jimmy Graham last offseason and he didn't have an awful campaign, but we clearly saw it wasn't Jimmy Graham with the Saints. I think you know it deep down what they're going to do here, and I think I know it, what they're going to do here, and they're going to take Noah Fant with T.J. Hawkinson being off the board already. And you don't like it, but I'm going to tell you, Noah Fant, he's got size, he's got underrated blocking ability that I think people harsh way too much on. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the Iowa tight end here. Dick has his hands in, or his face in his hands, so I'll let him... Uh, <laughs> Jake, why, why the Noah Fant hate, man? I, I'm with Nate, man. I, I think he gets shit on in the run blocking. I, I think he's a, at least a willing for run blocker. What, what, what's the hatred, man? I, it's not really hatred, I would say, at 12. I think just there's a talent there that you just got to jump on uh, that we haven't taken yet in this mock. So <laughs> it just hurts because, I I mean, no, there's no disrespect to Noah Fant at all. I, he's probably top 15 uh, on my board as somebody, like you said, who's – you know, no slouch in the run game at all as a blocker. And, you know, he's going to be a red zone threat from day one. So I, I don't – it's not that I don't like the pick, but with with a certain player on the board, it's tough to tough to watch that. But 
All right, well, I hope I don't take the certain player. I'll leave him for you for the Atlanta Falcons, I guess. Um, but with the Miami Dolphins on the clock at 13, you know, are they tanking for Tua? I know that is just a sweet uh, little phrase right there, but are they really destined to take a quarterback in this year's draft class? I don't believe so in this mock draft scenario, and that's because Jawan Taylor is still on the board. Um, a really good prospect here at the offensive tackle position. He is my number one tackle on the board. He absolutely manhandled uh, grown men in the SEC this past year at Florida and throughout his career for the most part. Uh, didn't look so hot at the left tackle position, um, but you know what? In the modern NFL, I think the right tackle position is becoming more and more important and more and more valuable. Take Mike McGlinchey. Uh, for example, last year there in San Francisco. Is this going to be a day one impact starter like Mike McGlinchey? I don't know the truth, or, you know, that is still to be determined. But I like the pick here at 13 with Jawan Taylor going to the Miami Dolphins. Jake, that puts you back on the clock at 14 with the hometown Atlanta Falcons. No, I'm not a Falcons fan, so you don't have to worry about my feelings. So what are we doing here at 14 with the Falcons? Well, I think Atlanta, you know, again, the it was really unfortunate for them last season. I think they got bit you know, by the injury. Holy bug, crap, boys. Hold on. Stop the damn tape. Is Ed Oliver still on the board? That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's what I'm saying. What in the world? We might, I mean, we ain't going to start We ain't gonna start it over, but shame on all of us. People are listening to us 21 minutes in. We're 13 picks in, and no one's picked freaking Ed Oliver, my number two yeah. defensive tackle on my big board. Actually, 1A. Screw that. He's 1A. What the hell are we doing? I, that's why I was yelling at Nate at the Packers selection. Well, you should have definitely punched him in the ribs. Um, anyways, Ed Oliver, I guess that's the pick. Turn the damn card in, and they're sprinting to the board. Are they not, Jake? Oh, I'm, oh if I'm Atlanta, I'm sprinting, no doubt about it. Team that doesn't have a lot of holes really on its roster, you know, and having him to come in and pair with uh, Grady Jarrett right off the bat, oh, my goodness. That is, that's going to help the defense a lot. You know, we got Deion Jones out there, got Keanu Neal, got a lot of guys, you know, Two guys that are still developing on the edge. Maybe Tack McKinley gets a little better this year. But, again, you can't not add Ed Oliver. He's there at 14 for Atlanta. Oh, I wish Green Bay had done Man, that. I'm going to blame this on the fact that I was hosting this MF-er um, or else I definitely would No, I'm just kidding. No excuses, right? No excuses. You got to win. Um, and we left Ed Oliver on the board. So, off that, off the rip, Jake, we're not even halfway through. We're not even to pick 16. Jake wins the mock draft for getting Ed Oliver <laughs> at 14. Nate, uh, try to rescue here. Uh, 15, the Redskins, what are they doing? I'm not going to lie. I was thinking that right as I saw Jake's head go into his hands and that pretty obvious pick there. I also don't believe they'll be there that late. I think there's no way for a guy we were talking about being much, much, much likely to be higher than that. Yeah, we definitely so could have taken him with Detroit at eight. I mean, does he fall past... <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, the, I mean, everyone, the, the Packers for sure. Um, yeah, definitely. That, that was something that I wagered on. I just feel like when you're kind of running with Aaron Rodgers right now, you got to help him out in that tight end spots looking hey, not great. got off the chalk. That's true. That was <laughs> Damn right. There's a hot take <laughs> hidden um, in this podcast, and it's Ed Oliver fall to 14. 15, Redskins. Sorry to interrupt, Nate. Who we got? And another team that will wish that Ed Oliver had fallen to them here with the Redskins. They're going to be pretty disappointed that he's not up there if they choose not to even trade up and get him if he's still hanging around there. Don't look for that, though. Rashawn Gary from Michigan. They're sticking to their board here and getting a player that earlier on, not very many would envision following to them here. 
not quite the tip, prototypical edge, edge rusher here, but he's shown such great raw ability there, and I think he's just a perfect fit for them here. He's not exactly a perfect fit for their scheme, mm-hmm. but I mean, neither Ryan Kerrigan isn't a perfect fit for their, or wasn't a perfect fit for their scheme either, and uh, that seemed to work out pretty well. And they're getting a pretty good, talented player here off of Michigan who have two players selected in the first round this year, which is impressive from the Big Ten studs. Man, you're talking about a football team that is loaded uh, up front on both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. I know they're going to probably uh, give Eric Flowers a shot to start at guard um, throughout camp, but they might draft over him. But, I mean, outside of that, I mean, they, they got 10, 11 guys deep, uh, you know, at those most important positions, in my opinion, uh, in the game of football, and that's up front, offensive, defensive line. And those guys are stacked. Uh, the stables are well, uh, well fed there in Washington. So that puts me on the clock at 16 with the Carolina Panthers. And, look, I think, uh, you know, edge defender is a primary concern here. Uh, you could also use some offensive tackle help uh, considering uh, Cam Newton's had, you know, off-season surgeries and back-to-back seasons. Uh, it almost seems like it's a staple at this point in his career. Uh, but with Brian Burns and Cleveland Farrell on the board here, I guess you kind of just, you know, flip a coin and uh, decide which one you like better. To me, I like Cleveland Farrell here, and I believe that the Carolina Panthers like him a little bit more than Brian Burns, and here's why. To me, man, I know Brian Burns can rush the passer, or excuse me, rush the passer, um, but, you know, you don't play Washington State every single week in the NFL. In fact, it's the complete opposite. They're about, you know, 55-45 pass to run nowadays. It has leaned more towards the passing game. I know that. But you still have to set the edge in the NFL. You still have to be able to play the run game. Um, and Brian Burns, I really, really question whether or not he'll be able to do that at the next level. Give me Cleveland Farrell here at 16, which puts you on the clock, Jake, at 17 with the Giants. I think you made a good point about Farrell uh, that he's, you know, I think he fits better uh, in Carolina for sure. And I think now the Giants here have to look at, you know, establishing that. Um, oh, if, if Cleveland Farrell ain't Dave Gettleman's guy, I don't know who it is. That, that dude just he, scra- I, he just looks like a guy that's like, oh, Cleveland Farrell, team leader. Give me that guy in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's got to like him here. And I think, you know, if he had been there, that's the pick. But I think also, I think the Giants are moving to 3-4 now. They shipped off Olivier Vernon. So I think, mm. you know, discussing Burns and, Fer- and Furl there, I think I think Brian Burns is a fit here as a 3-4 uh, rusher. Um you know, again, you talked about the concerns against the run, but I think, you know, if you come in as a, as a pure pass rusher right off the bat, you know, hopefully get some development in there, you know, use those long arms to set the edge if you can, you know, continue to develop them. But I think as a rusher, you know, to come in right away and help, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson and then B.J. Hill in the middle, you know, I think that's something you got to take advantage of here. Yeah, and if you watched his, you know, his limited, the only time you really got to see him in space um, leading up to the draft would probably be the combine, right? He spent most of his time uh, on the line of scrimmage there at Florida State. And when he got into the open field and started doing ball drills at the combine, he damn near looked like a receiver playing defensive yeah. end. So he's got really natural hands and really natural ball uh, tracking abilities. So, I mean, if he, re- if he has to play in space, I-, I don't doubt that he'll be able to do it, uh, especially with the athletic numbers he put up uh, in the testing as well. So, Nate, that puts you on the clock with the Minnesota Vikings there at 18. Um, this man, this has been a pick uh, everyone's kind of forecasted, and I'm pretty sure you're going to do the same. Who are the Vikings taking here at 18? Well, here we go, and it's all about the offensive line here in Minnesota for me. you got to protect Kirk Cousins, or he might not make it out of the rest of his contract because that front line was a porous. One player ranked in the top 80 
from the offensive line in the past year. And right here, they're going to take a tackle who hopefully can cheer that up. It's Andre Dillard from Washington State. Yeah, Andre, I heard a ooh back there from Jake. Uh, <laughs> sounded like that might have been his guy coming up here. But, you know, I love Andre Dillard. Um, you know, the Vikings had a little problem in the run game last year. Andre Dillard's by no stretch of the means going to help that at all. But they also, like you mentioned, had a really tough time keeping Kirk Cousins off the turf last year. And if you're going to spend $84 guaranteed million dollars uh, on a quarterback, you better keep him upright. So Andre Dillard, uh, he is my number one or my number two tackle on the board, my number one pass blocking tackle uh, in this draft. And you get a good value here at 18. Uh, some guys are crazy enough to have this guy a top 10 pick and the number one tackle off the board. So I like to pick their Nate, which puts me on the clock at 19 with the Tennessee Titans. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I got here on my notes, check best defensive end available, but we've kind of had a late run on those guys. And then I got then go offensive weapon. So I think this is a good time, right, for a guy like A.J. Brown or a guy like D.K. Metcalf or Hollywood Brown. Basically what I'm saying is take uh, who you believe is the best wide receiver available and the consensus for that, not my decision, but the consensus for that is D.K. Metcalf. Um, and good Lord, would I be scared if I was a Tennessee Titans fan uh, pairing up Corey Davis with D.K. Metcalf. Uh, the bust potential there is out of this world. Um, but nonetheless, I think it's pretty much chalk here. Uh, both the tight ends from Iowa are off the board. Uh, you need an offensive impact player uh, there to at least help out uh, Marcus Mariota. Can he throw the ball far enough for D.K. Metcalf to run it down? I really don't know anymore at this point. Um, but anyways, we'll take D.K. Metcalf off the board here at 19. Thoughts on that, boys? Give me your, uh, give me your perception on D.K. Metcalf because I know uh, the verdict's kind of split on this prospect. Yeah, I honestly, uh, I can have Nate, uh, you know, throw in a little 30 seconds as well, but quick 30 seconds on him. I think yeah, I'm, I'm struggling where to place him on my wide receiver board, honestly. Uh, you know, the potential sky high, but right now I think, you know, when you look at it, he's, he's more of a vertical stem guy. He's going to run a lot of stuff that way. And I think as a route runner, he takes a lot of steps in his breaks, uh, too many really. So I think, you know, as somebody who, who needs to really, you know, develop and, the reset potential. I don't know if he's the best guy, you know, with the highest floor right now. I don't think he's a high, high floor. So it's concerning, but I think, you know, like, like we've said, I mean, when you go and destroy the combine, like he did, except for the three cone, but uh, yeah, I think the NFL is high in him and he's, he's probably going to get that first round. We're in a good range for him. Nate, you got anything? Yeah, I think absolutely. I, I, I can see this pick for sure. I think the only, if you're going to go with that position, the only other guy I would put there is Inkeel Harry from Arizona State. Mm. I think I can see this one. I think wide receiver is a pretty deep position in this year's draft based on what we saw. It's like senior bowl, stuff like that. And uh, Yeah, I, I can see this pick for sure. All right, boys, let me go uh, a quick prop bet right here. Uh, over, under on total wide receivers taken in the first round uh, Thursday night. Let's put it at one and a half. Uh, what are That's you guys awesome. taking? Jake? I think that makes sense. Let's go you, Jake. One and a half, over or under, wide receivers taken in the first oh, round. Yeah. Honestly, I think, you know, when Oakland has two picks right there, 24-27, and, you know, like you see, you got Tennessee, maybe Pittsburgh that could could do it. I think I'm going to take the over, but honestly, I'm not, you know, super confident. confident. You're, not, you're not putting the house on it. What about you, Nate? No way. Yeah, no way. All right. Yeah, and for me, not – a super huge betting guy here, but I'm going to take the over on this one. I think we're going to be surprised and we're going to see at least two go, probably two flat. 
I'm going to put my money on two. There you go. That's the over, boys. Kick the over and kick it hard. Let's go to number 20 on the board, the Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers, what are they doing, Jake? Whew, this is tough. No, I'm just kidding. It's corner for sure for <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, no, I think obviously they would love to have one of the Devons fall to them. Not going to happen. They're going to have to move up for one of them. Um, you know, obviously you could think about an Antonio Brown replacement with as deep as this class is. It's just not the time. You got to get a top corner. Everybody's all over the place on all these corners this year. It's really uncertain position. And I think it's it's possible we see that shocker. And I think the long shot here is going to be Rocky Sin. But I'm going Green Williams because I think he uh, fits well with them. Again, a taller, longer corner. Uh, obviously, concerns that you can come up and tackle. But again, as somebody who's going to you know, be physical at, at the line of scrimmage uh, with some press. And he, you know, I think somebody who's going to be quick enough to mirror routes, I think Greedy Williams has to be the selection. Yeah, I think one thing we know about the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, especially at the defensive back position, they really, really value what you put down at the combine. We saw that with the Edmonds kid last year. No one had that kid uh, as a first-round mock. We all had his brother, uh, the linebacker. No one had uh, him, the safety, mm-hmm. out of – uh, I think Tremaine was his brother, and then help me out, uh, boys, with his uh, with the kid out of Virginia Tech. What's his little brother's name? I think it's Terrell Edmonds. I'm Terrell. pretty sure. All right, so you got Tremaine is the ta- uh, the linebacker that went to Buffalo, right? And then Terrell yeah. uh, came off the board there late with Pittsburgh. And uh, again, I think they truly value the combine. If that if the last year wasn't a testament to that, nothing will be. And really, the only corner that tested well at the combine is Greedy Williams. Um, and the fact that they let Joe Hayden play in that system and is still playing in that system, they obviously don't yeah. value tackling uh, at the cornerback position. So uh, Greedy Williams, uh, definitely a guy. They don't really care if he's not going to stick his nose in there. Uh, that puts the Seattle Seahawks on the clock at 21. Nate, what are they doing here, man? And here we go with Seattle. One of the more intriguing teams here is they have a league low four picks in this year's draft. Couldn't see the, I definitely could see them trading down from this one to get some more picks later rounds. But as we said, no trades here, straight up. I think there are three main areas that this team needs to address in this draft, and a couple of them are deeper than the other. I think you need a stretch receiver here, an edge rusher, and to shore up that safety as we go along. We're going to address the latter pick here, or the latter need here, and take Taylor Rapp out of Washington. Oh, wow. And right then, the departure of Earl Thomas. Taylor Rapp is going to come right in and make an impact after he's gone. All right, Nate, and that then, just tells me – oh, I'm sorry. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. Keep going. No, you're good. it. No, what I was going to say is, um, you know, every, every once in a while, these guys on these mock drafts such as myself and Nate and Jake, we really show our cards to the listener. Um, and, and Nate just showed his cards. Um, Taylor Rapp must be your absolute love and, like, bell of the ball in this draft uh, because the 475 and the 478 – uh, not deterring you from taking him here at 21 overall. Explain yourself, Nate. Why are you, of all people, uh, not scared of this 40? Because I'm sure you've heard the stat, uh, the slowest safety to be drafted yes. in the first round in the last 10 years, ran a 4.66. So why do you not care? Why is Taylor Rapp going here at 21? No, yeah, absolutely. I was actually hoping you would bring that up here because I know that's going to deter a lot of people. We've seen Taylor Rapp play throughout his college career at either safety spot come up and make hit big hits, and he can perform well in the slot when it's needed. That play speed is a lot different than running inside of a test zone or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not thrown off by it. I understand being thrown off by it. 
But I really like what Taylor Rapp can do, and I think he's going to be effective going forward and proving people wrong. All right, well, there you go. You, you, know, you defended yourself. That's all that matters. I mean, if you're going to come with a hot take, you better come with some backup uh, there. So that puts me on the clock with the Baltimore Ravens at 22. And, you know, a receiver is a need, right? They could address that. Um, but to me, man, the heart and soul of this football team is running the football. So, uh, you know, they could use some help on the interior offensive line. They've taken two high picks in the last couple years uh, in Joe Staley there out of Notre Dame. And uh, Orlando Brown Jr. spent a third-round pick on him out of Oklahoma. He turned out to be uh, quite the gem last year uh, there for them starting the latter half of the season. So I'm going to pair him with an interior offensive lineman, uh, the number one consensus center on everyone's big board except for mine. Um, but I'm trying to be a little right here. Uh, we're going to give Garrett Bradbury, even though I love me some Elgin Jenkins out of Mississippi State. Uh, remember that name, folks. I think he sneaks into the first round uh, Thursday night anyways. But give me Garrett Bradbury here, center out of NC State. Uh, let him snap the ball to Lamar Jackson and figure out that Mike ID point for Lamar. Give him a few less things to think about on Sundays. All right, that puts uh, Jake on the clock, 23 with the Houston Texans. What are they doing, my man? Well, let's keep it going with offensive line. Uh, I think, you know, Houston has to has to go offensive line. I feel like if they don't, I think a lot of the NFL media world is going to question whether or not they uh, they like Deshaun Watson and want people <laughs> like that. Um, I don't know if they do, and they're like, we want another quarterback. We're stuck with this guy, but this has to be offensive line. And I think, you know, across the board, you could go a lot of different directions here. I think there's a couple guys that are versatile. I'm going to go with uh, Cody Ford here. Uh, Dalton Reisner, definitely in consideration. That dude's a mean SOB. But I'm going to go Cody Ford. He's pretty mean, too. I think he's going to be able to play right guard, right tackle. I think wherever you can fit him best. And, uh, you know, he's, he's great power at the point of attack. But I think this it, Cody Ford's going to be the pick here for Houston. Dalton Reisner, friend of the show here on the NFL Mocks podcast. You talk about an absolute dog. I'm with you there on him. But Cody Ford, a really good pick for those Houston Texans. Uh, They still want to try to run the football, uh, even though uh, they threw it a lot last year. And you're right, got to keep Deshaun Watson upright and healthy. Uh, You know, he, I think they let, hands down, led the league in sacks last year, I believe, in Houston. A lot of that has to do with the fact that he does maybe hold on to the ball a little bit too long. Um, But, uh, you know, the other half of that, happens to be the fact that I remember one little sidebar here because we got time for it. Um, I remember his rookie year uh, at some point they had double, they went double tights uh, just to give him a little bit of help in the passing game, uh, running two man route trees uh, and going full eight man protection uh, just to try to keep him upright. That's how bad it's been in Houston. So the offensive line pick there, I'm all over it. Nate, that puts you on the clock with the second uh, Raiders pick in this draft at 24. What are they doing, my man? So here we have them. They filled up some needs already in this draft thanks to a large amount of picks for this year's uh, big occasion for us here. And uh, I think we're going to fill in another need here, maybe a little bit off the chalk on this one, but they're looking to make an offensive juggernaut here with this team. And I'm going to take something. I don't know if anyone else really would have seen this one coming here that's in this uh, room here. And uh, we're going to go with Josh Jacobs from Alabama. Oh, I mean, I Another hot take here, probably, but in another, an offense with Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, if you can keep Derek Carr healthy, it could be one of the more explosive offenses headed into 2019 with some draft picks left to work with. Yeah, I mean, when you're rolling weeks 10 and 16, uh, when you roll the ball out there and you're starting tailbacks, Doug Martin, 
Um, I think, yeah, it's, it may be about time to draft a running back. And with the Philadelphia Eagles sitting right there at 25, I definitely think if they're going running back, 24 is the, the chance to get Josh Jacobs because uh, if he's there available at 25, I don't believe they take him there. Um, so that really puts me in a bind here at 25 with the Philadelphia Eagles um, because Josh Jacobs has been the mock draft pick there um, since day one, basically. But I think they'll take a flyer on a guy here if he's still available at 25, despite the fact that he's got to take a redshirt year. And that's Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Look, when he gets fully healthy, if you compare that guy up with Fletcher Cox, um, everybody in the NFC East is pissing down their leg uh, for probably <laughs> the next six seasons. So I love the pick here. Who cares if he's got to take off? You know, if you don't get him until week 12 of this coming year, uh, I think around playoff times, uh, we're going to look, you know, through two or three games of Jeffrey Simmons and everyone's going to say, how in the hell did we let him fall all the way to 25? Give me Jeffrey Simmons. I'm taking him off the board. Um, that puts Jake back on the clock with the Indianapolis Colts. What are you doing? Man, right in front. Yeah, go nice. ahead. Eat that. Right in, <laughs> right in front. Right in front. I think it's a smart selection there. Um, so I guess, you know, the Colts, obviously, weren't very active in free agency. They went out made a couple moves. Uh Get Justin Houston in there, help pass rush a little bit. Get Devin Funches. Uh, obviously, you could think about receiver, but I think Indy, they're smart. They drafted O-line past couple seasons to protect luck. They're a smart drafting crew. They've been excellent. Ballard's done a great job, and I think you got to stick to, you know, help this defense out. Obviously, had a great year last year, but again, you know, can't stay complacent. Got to get better at certain spots. And I think a guy like Christian Wilkins is going to help a ton here um, for the Colts. Just another one of those guys on that Clemson line. Like you said, we talked about how, you know, Dalton Rice was a dog. Christian Wilkins is one, too. And I mm -hmm. think uh, having somebody at the point of attack like him, he's got pass rush skills on the interior. Obviously not as maybe not as prominent as Quentin Williams, of course. Jeffrey Simmons is obviously extremely talented, too. But Wilkins, sometimes a forgotten man uh, in the D-tackle class. But he's going to be an excellent pro. And I think Indy gets a solid uh, starter day one. And he can grow. Yeah, I think there was definitely two alphas. I, I say there's one alpha on that Clemson team, um, but if you're going to give uh, a 1A in terms of the alpha department, it would probably be Cleveland Farrell based off what I've seen on film there in Clemson the last four years. Uh, and then after that, it's definitely Christian Wilkins, um, a dude, man. He plays like his hair's on fire there on the inside. So I like the pick there uh, with the Colts. Uh, and they definitely need interior defensive line help. Um, and he's a guy, if he can watch his weight and keep it down uh, around 311, 315, like he's sitting at now, if he pushes up towards 320, I don't know if we're a three-down defensive tackle. Um, but you got to be able to get after the pass, uh, the passer in the NFL, even at the interior defensive line position. So I like to pick at Christian Wilkins, whether or not he can stay on the field uh, all three downs uh, is yet to be determined. Um, but he definitely yeah. did it in college. So that puts uh, Nate on the clock at 27. Uh, the last of the Raiders picks. And again, man, these mock drafters, these analysts from the NFLmocks.com, they show their hand, and Nate <laughs> did it last time again using the third-person pronouns, uh, the we's and the us's in terms of the <laughs> Oakland Raiders. Uh, so now we know that all of us listeners know you're a Raiders fan. So what is your team, what is your Oakland Raiders doing here at the 27th pick? And, and if I'm wrong, tell me. But I'm pretty sure I just pinned you. You're a Raiders fan? Ooh, I'm a Saints fan. <laughs> oh, dang. I heard some us yeah, and some wees, man. It's to get into it, though, for sure, when I'm picking teams in here. And, I, I mean, I probably have a soft spot for the Raiders here. No problem with them. I, we don't have any beef. 
Either way, I mean, I like it. Go ahead. I still show my cards like crazy, though. So you got that. <laughs> All right, who, who, who are they going? 27. Right here at 27, we're going to go with DeAndre Baker out of Georgia. Going to shore up another position here. <laughs> Jake had a really strong reaction to that, so I'll let him reply to that in a second here. I think there's a couple cornerbacks you could justify here, but I think Baker's the most impact and probably the best down the line. You know, I love me some DeAndre Baker. Um, my top two corners in this draft, Byron Murphy and DeAndre Baker, um, it's no coincidence neither of them tested very well at the combine, um, but both of them put the shit on tape. I mean, DeAndre Baker hadn't allowed an a offensive touchdown over him since uh, I think like week seven of the 2017 uh, season there at Georgia. So he just doesn't get beat, and he's about the only corner I see in this draft that truly walks down and plays press man coverage a majority of his film. You know, a lot of guys in college nowadays play a ton of cover three press bail, uh, and that was uh, to be seen there everywhere but Georgia. I saw a lot of press man basically what I'm telling you. And that, you know, typically translates well uh, at the NFL level. So uh, give me your reaction, Jake, though. I heard you take a, d- a deep breath. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on DeAndre Baker here to the Raiders at 27? I, I'm a big fan of DeAndre Baker and sitting there with the Chiefs pick. Uh, that hurts. Hurts below the belt. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm on the clock now with 28 with the San Diego Chargers. And, uh, you know, they got their strong safety for sure for the future, right? Their future defensive uh, captain, if you will, uh, last year uh, in Derwin James somehow fell to that, that team all the way at 17. Uh, still blowing my mind. Um, but to me, uh, you know, the best safety in this class, if you're just going to rank freeze and strong safeties together, in my opinion, is John Abram. Taylor wraps off the board now, too. But I think a more free, sy- free safety, excuse me, type of football player is more needed here in San Diego again because you are San Diego, Los Angeles. I'll do that to the end of days, I swear to God, um, because they just need to be back in San Diego. Um, but anyways, I am going to go with, give me Nasir Adderley out of Delaware, and here's why. He is the best cover one deep safety in this draft, and if you're going to play in Los Angeles with the Chargers and be a DB, they play a whole lot of nickel. They even play a whole lot of dime, so you better be able to play every position in the defensive backfield, and Nasir Adderley can definitely do that. Uh, So that puts you on the board, Jake, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Not a lot of holes to fill on that roster. What are the Chiefs doing, my man? Boy, do I just really want to set set the NFL world on fire here, but I, I don't know if I can do that with the needs on defense. So, like you said, we talked about the corners um, in this class and how they, you know, some of them didn't test well, and I feel like that is going to hurt Byron Murphy as somebody who's already, you know, labeled as a small corner. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to pull the trigger here on that, and I, I think in this NFL, even though I would definitely do it, but we got to stay true to what we think is going to happen here down the stretch. And I, I think sneaking in this first round, not sure why, but I think Rocky Singh could be the pick here out of Temple. Uh, it's a shame we don't get to hear Mike Mayock say Temple tough in the booth. Uh, but but uh, Singh's an interesting uh, guy here. Uh, built, just real built, obviously, the strength. And, um, you know, a guy who's got tape concerns for sure. Um, but as somebody, you know, who, who works his tail off, he's going to come in. Uh, and, and really uh, get to work for this Chiefs defense. And I think, you know, that he's got potential, but obviously there's a lot to clean up with him. 
I would definitely go Murphy, but I think we're going to see some shock here in this draft at some point. So I think, you know, we're going to go shock there with the Chiefs. I had an offensive line coach in high school. Uh, his name's Coach Ross. He used to tell us all the time, if I tell you you have potential, that's just a nice way of me telling you that you suck now. Um, I don't think Rocky Sin sucks now, um, but he's not bad. So, you know, he might sneak into the first round here. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of Byron Murphy. Again, I think the tape speaks for itself. Um, I've said it multiple times here on the NFL Mox podcast. Byron Murphy had the highest tape grading uh, from pro football focus in over a decade at the cornerback position. Um, that's just what he put on tape. Uh, really, really fluid hips. I haven't seen a lot of Rocky Sin tape or a lot of Rocky Sin film because, uh, you know, he is Temple tough. Uh, not a lot of Temple football games uh, outside of Friday night, late night action. Um, but nonetheless, that puts Nate on the clock with the Packers. Your second Packers pick. Uh, try not to screw this one up. Yeah, I don't know how I ended up with both Packers picks. I guess I should have uh, said go second. Jake probably no. knew that at the no. time. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking, but I was like, oh, as soon as I saw him, like, Going down every three, I'm like, really? We've got both of these. This will go well. Yeah, it's always going to be interesting when you let your friend pick for your team. <laughs> but, okay, this pick going to hopefully fill another lead that doesn't frustrate Jake as much here. Not that I really care. I do it all the time. But I'm going to go with somebody here that I think can come in and be a contributor immediately, but also down the line. I'm going to go with Dalton Risner. I was reading some stuff about him a couple weeks ago. I just really like what I've seen from Tate here with the footwork. I think he could be an instant protector here. Coming in at like around, I would say 6'5", 312, but it didn't see his exact measurements, the most recent ones, but something similar to that. And, no, you uh, nailed it, 6'5", 312. All right, sweet. Um, I, I love Dalton Reisner, right? I mean, all, all the intangibles in the world. Uh, I picked my 2019 NFL Draft first team offense, and Dalton Reisner made it at the right tackle position. And it's because of all those intangibles, man. Any guy who is worthy of a first-round draft pick can definitely play, right? I mean, Dalton Reisner buries dudes just like Juwan Taylor does, um, maybe with a little bit more ferocity um, and, yeah. and anger, uh, if you will. Uh, Small-town kid, right? He's from Wiggins, Colorado. Uh, I could give you his whole bio, um, but I'll save you the time and direct you uh, to our interview <laughs> with him here on the NFL Mox Podcast. Y'all see how I did that, boys? Um, if you want to, you can check that out. Uh, previous episodes, just scroll down on your podcast platform there, wherever you found us. Um, and while you're there, give us five-star rating. Huh? Uh, that puts me on the clock with the L.A. Rams at 31. Uh, and, you know, interior offensive line play with Sullivan leaving, uh, I think is a very important thing for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Got to protect uh, Jared Goff, especially up the middle, man. I felt like when he got interior pressure uh, this past year, he looked really, really rattled. Um, so with Dalton – or excuse me, with uh, Garrett Bradbury off the board, you know what, the L.A. Rams, to me – Get the better of the two center prospects, and that's Elgin Jenkins. And, again, man, that's not just me being a hot take artist. I truly believe Elgin <laughs> Jenkins is going to be the number one center uh, when we look back at this draft uh, five or six years from now. Uh, a great, great interior offensive lineman uh, started all four years there at Mississippi State. I love the dude. Uh, he balls. So I'll take him right here at the number 31 pick. And, Jake, you're the last one on the board at 32. Sorry, Nate, you get one less pick than the rest of us. Uh, but, Jake, what are the Pats doing at 32? Round us out. All right. So, the Patriots. Uh, boy, this is – it's hard to it's hard to figure out what Bill Belichick's going to do on draft day. You never know uh, with this team. But I think, you know, I think they've shown their hand the past couple weeks with free agency and such, trying to trade for Odell Beckham, losing out on, on uh, uh, Colby's, Adam Humphreys, all those guys. 
uh, I think they've shown their hand a little bit. They want a receiver. They can pair up with Edelman, you know, and I think. You going Hunter Renfro? <laughs> you know, I think uh, that, yeah, sure. No, uh, <laughs> but. It's a joke, man. Let, let, let's set the wound on fire here a little bit. Uh, you know, Brandon Cook's obviously not there no more. Let's get Hollywood Brown. Let's make things interesting in New England. Uh, Whoa. Guy who's going to be absolutely dangerous after the catch. Guy who's, you know, a better route runner, much more savvy as a route runner than, than I, I thought he was going to be on tape. And I think, you know, obviously, you know, he got the foot injury, but it, it looks like medically he's he's good to go. It's not a huge issue, but obviously, you know, at 166 pounds or something like that, he is. you got to watch that a little bit. But the explosiveness, oh, man, he's electric. And, boy, you pair him up in that offense. Good luck that's terrifying that is a terrifying thought so i think we're gonna get uh, a couple comments when we post this thing uh one how in the hell does ed oliver fall to 14 and two who why would you guys ever think hollywood brown would go to bill belichick because you never know what bill belichick's gonna do uh that's why hollywood brown's uh in the red white and blue how about that um Anyways, boys, I appreciate you guys for stopping by here on the NFL Mocks Podcast. You're welcome at any point, any time to come talk some mock. Uh, we appreciate you guys for doing our last draft here uh, leading up to the 2019 NFL Draft. Uh, and happy viewing to all of you guys during the draft that's coming up Thursday. Yeah, definitely. It's been a privilege. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, man. Welcome. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.